Hey, my name is Josh Korak. I'm a mental health counselor in the Northern Colorado area. In this space, I get the chance to interview professionals in the field, talk about mental illness, self-care, and so much more. With this show, I ask you to join me in doing what one of my favorite philosophers, a Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh says, smile, breathe, and go slowly. This is Care with Korak. to care with Korak. Some exciting news to share with you all. I graduated. Woo! Pretty excited about that and want to thank you all who have supported me and supported this podcast. Well, um, that's enough of that. Just a quick little update there. But um, I'm really excited to share today's guest with you. Today we have Clinton Nunnally. Clinton is a licensed professional counselor and the co-owner of both Foundations Family Counseling and Caring Heart Counseling. Clinton absolutely loves what he does and leaves his workday energized by the transformative process he gets to engage in day after day. He works a lot with older adolescents, individual adults, couples, parents, families, everybody in between, and he simply just devours the counseling process. He explores issues of anxiety, trauma, grief and loss, relationships, life stage adjustment, family life, spirituality, and sexuality. With an intense interest in working with couples who are struggling in relationship or want to enhance their relationship with advanced awareness and skills, Clinton capitalizes on the current strengths of the individual and couple to help couples advocate for what they are wanting in relationship learn new ways to navigate conflict, and co-create the things that they want most with their partners. With a background consisting of public school education, early childhood development, work with adolescent youth and their parents, graduate school instruction and clinical training, public speaking, clinical therapeutic practice, and practical relationship experience stemming from years of life-giving partnership with his wife, and is also the father of two really fun boys. Clinton offers a unique, integrative style that draws from the diversity of his experience. I can't tell you how excited and honored I am about today's guest. You see, Clinton isn't just any old counselor. He's my personal counselor. I first met Clinton about eight years ago now when I first started counseling, uh, just for some family therapy during my sophomore year of high school. We did therapy for about a year or so, and then our relationship changed to more of a professional and personal mentorship. I started to see him for counseling again several years ago after a trip to South America where I almost died, so definitely need a little bit of counseling there. Um, And who knows, that might be an episode for a later season, but we're not going to really touch on that today. Uh, I honestly don't have the words to describe Clinton. He was definitely the person who inspired me to pursue counseling as a profession in the first place, and I wouldn't be where I am today without his influence. I've trusted him in knowing me more than anybody else. Uh, And that's what makes the therapeutic relationship so unique and transformative, which I'm hoping we will get to talk about today. My hope in having him on the show uh, today is that you will be able to see into the relationship and have some insight into what that is like. A while back, there was a study done to evaluate what's the most important factor in counseling. And what they found is even more than the techniques, interventions used, expectations going into therapy, and all these other factors 
was that the therapeutic alliance or the therapeutic relationship has the potential to create the most change. The end of the season has been focused on the importance of mentorship, and so my hope is that if you take anything away from these last few episodes, is that make sure you surround yourself with people who speak life into you. In this episode, Clinton and I talk about the idea of co-creating in relationship, and we reflect on the mentorship we've co-created for the past eight years. As always, my social media handle is at Josh Korak, so follow me for updates, additional content, and more. This is most likely the last episode of the season, so it will be especially important for you to follow me if you want updates on when the show's returning, or you can follow the podcast if you haven't done so already. During the interim break, I'm going to be exploring some other ideas of making content, so make sure to just stick around. Please leave a rating and review for the show, as this helps me track how you guys are liking the show and what I can be doing better. If you're interested in seeking services from Clinton or one of his fellow clinicians, check out his websites at foundationsfamilycounseling.com or caringheartcounseling.com. I've also linked Clinton's children's book, This House Needs a Mouse, in the episode description. All right, that's enough business. Let's not waste any more time and get into it. This is Kareth Korak with Clinton Nunnally. Well, hey, Clinton. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Yeah. Thanks. This is so special for me to be able to have you here for this. And I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day and your very busy schedule to, to meet with me and talk with me I've in this space. Super, I've been super, super excited. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I have no too. idea what you're going to ask me, but I don't, I have answers. I'm yeah. Sure. I don't know exactly either. It's just going to you don't see how it develops. Okay. I always like to, I don't know. I always like to kind of go into this thing like, You know, I always start by having you guys introduce yourself, just tell a little bit about your background, what you do, so we'll get there in a second, but then I just, I mean, I have some questions in my head, Um, but I more just kind of like to see how it develops and just kind of go with the flow. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make for the best episode, but... It better be. (laughs) No, I'm good. I think that's a good way to do it, Mm. as I'm thinking about um, a podcast that I want to do. I was thinking about how do I want to unfold it? Like, do I Mm -hmm. want it to be very well thought out? Mm -hmm. Do I want it to have like a a format? Do I want it to be whatever it's going to become? And I realized that I, um, that what I really wanted to do was let it be something that unfolds right in front of people's eyes and to not know too much about it not know too much what I wanted it to become and let it be the adventure that it kind of is Yeah. because I have no idea what it will be. And I was like, well, why can't that just happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that fits people. Yeah. I feel like that fits your style too. Probably. Cause I have been asking that like what yeah. if it's gotta be, it's gotta be me. It's gotta just mm-hmm. be me. It can't be something that I've created. It can't be a brand. It has to just be me Mm. 
authenticity. So, <laughs> so anyway, I love I love your approach. Yeah. To this well, thank because you. it's the same yeah. kind of thing. It's like, well, let's see where it goes. It's a conversation, mm-hmm. as much I guess as it is an interview. It's probably more yeah. a conversation, huh? I would think so. Yeah, it ends up being that way more so than anything. I think. Yeah. But cool. Well, cool. Well, why don't we just start by introducing yourself to the audience and telling us a little bit about you, Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm Clinton Nunnally, and I am a, a therapist. I've been a therapist for around 18 years or so, I think. And um, so, you know, primarily I do think of myself as a psychotherapist and mm-hmm. a counselor, uh, but I am a business owner also. So um, my I have a co-owner, um, Whitney, and Whitney and I co-own two different businesses, Caring Heart Counseling and Foundations Family Counseling. And Caring Heart Counseling, we purchased actually from a previous owner in 2009. Mm. Foundations Family Counseling has actually been around since 2004. These are both group practices, Mm -hmm. by the way. Um, They've both been around, or so Foundations has been around since 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and Whitney and I were part of the original purchasers of Caring Heart but I was not at that time actually an owner of foundations. Now, mm. the, so to simplify and make the long story short, the two of us now are the only co-owners of both of those companies. Okay, yeah. Um, and Caring Heart Counseling actually has been in existence since 2004, with if you include its previous mm-hmm. owner. Right. So these are long-standing group practices that mm-hmm. have done different things at different times. Caring Heart. Um, is this the kind of thing you want to know? You want to know like what, what those agencies have sure. done? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, so Caring Heart started um, really doing work with Denver Department of Human Services and had contracts with Denver Department of Human Services and the other human service um, agencies mm. around the metro area and did a lot of foster to adopt <clears throat> and um, uh, family preservation work, kids that were at risk of being removed from the home or had been removed from the Mm -hmm. home. And um, so it was pretty, it was pretty heavy work. That's kind of like what I'm doing now with the the DV classes. I think I've told you about with the practice up in Greeley of DHS. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. This was just very, this was geared towards children. The preservation at the home. The the preservation of the home. Exactly. Um, And then also a lot of Medicaid work. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of went hand in hand, you know, when they right. left the, you know, being funded by the Department yeah. of Human Services and they were Medicaid. Right. You know, that's exactly how it is still today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now we don't, we don't do that work anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of become um, a group practice yeah. like foundations broad. So both the agency or both group practices do just broad work, everything from two year olds all the way through the entire lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with almost anything except domestic violence and, you sure. know, substance abuse specific work. Obviously we do the adjunctive supportive work. Um, but I see a heavy load myself. I see a full-time load. I mm-hmm. consider myself primarily, I think a therapist right now. I absolutely love mm-hmm. what I do. Yeah. And I'm not kidding, Josh. I mean, when I, oh, I know <laughs> at the end of every day, I don't know if I have a hard day, it mm. would not be because of clients. It would be like if I was feeling overwhelmed mm. with the business side of things. Yeah. Because owning two different businesses with three different locations is a lot, That's a lot. to do 
but we also have an amazing admin staff of mm-hmm. four, four people who are truly amazing. Yeah. Um, but if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have a harder day, it's going to be because I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, not because of the therapeutic work. Yeah. Even when sessions are tougher, um, mm. they just, that feels like a really wonderful challenge mm-hmm. to me instead of like oh, a burden that, yeah, yeah or it didn't go the way i wanted it mm. to go it's like um so i just truly love what i do and yeah. Whitney's the same way she just really is mm-hmm. she be a therapist we just say we be therapists we be therapists. We just be therapists yeah. that's how it is yeah, yeah. So what led you up into all of this? Like what, tell me a little bit about the journey to get to where you're at now. Well, it feels like it, if I understand your question, it feels like it really just kind of fell into my lap. Foundations definitely fell into my lap because I was invited to be a part of the pro of the um, practice Right. But even before that, like how, what made you want to be a counselor? I guess I could have. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Um, well, I had wanted to be, I loved history in high school Mm -hmm. and I thought I wanted to be a history teacher. Mm. I'd always been interested in being, um, a teacher of some sort, which I think was as much about sharing knowledge as it was anything, just the idea of passing knowledge on, I think is what that was about. Loved it in high school, went on to CU Boulder as a history major. Okay. Thinking that I'd become a history teacher, like a high school history teacher. And after the first like year of heavy duty history courses, it was, I felt really, um, Oh, what's that word? Like I just, um, it didn't bored. Uh, disinterested yeah dissatisfied yeah it was just um disillusioned like Mm. oh this isn't it wasn't fun anymore Mm. it just wasn't fun or interesting it was very uh arduous and detailed and um i think there's a lot of political slants to it Mm. and it was confusing and it was like everything you've been told is wrong and which may have been true actually that everything I was told was wrong, but it was just really disorienting. And I was like, Ooh, this isn't fun anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess in essence, not fun. Um, and, but I was taking as most people do, I was taking psych one Oh one, which almost everybody takes. Almost everybody does. It's fun. You can learn a little bit about psych and, yeah. And for you, maybe that was and a little bit more I, than fun. And here I am sitting in the second row of the lecture hall, and I'm like, oh. This is it. And it was like I just, it was like home. Mm. I was like, no way. Yeah. And so then took Psych 102. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then Psych this 103. <laughs> and then I t- no, it wasn't very long before I dumped history. Yeah did a psych major. Now what's really interesting is that, um, so I was in college like from 89 to 93 mm-hmm. and, um, CU Boulder, this was a research, um, you know, right. university mm-hmm. and it was a psychology program. Mm-hmm. And so no one even talked about therapy. Right. And of course 
counseling and psychotherapy was relatively new. Mm -hmm. I mean, not as a practice like with psychiatry or with psychology as we understand the forces of psychology that Mm -hmm. obviously been around since Freud. But the commonplace uh, practice of counseling and psychotherapy as we know it today Mm -hmm. was very, very young. Right. Because it wasn't psychoanalysis. It Mm -hmm. was starting to switch over. And family therapy was coming into the picture and all of that. But at CU Boulder is all very research, so you never Still heard a is, thing. Right? Okay, so yeah. you never heard a thing about mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea that, like, with a psychology degree, you would become potentially a therapist. This mm-hmm. was not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. You would go on and get your master's in psychology, and then a PhD in psychology, and you would teach and you would research. And yeah. it didn't appeal to me, and I fell into ministry mm. in a church. Right. And I did that for ten years. Yeah. As and a youth pastor, right? Youth pastor and worship. And worship. Yeah, both. Oh, I don't know if I knew the worship part. That was actually the first thing I did. That was primary. Really? Yeah. Okay. Did you play an instrument? Yeah, I play guitar. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. You yeah. didn't? I didn't know that. I feel like I, I or maybe I did and I just, I yeah, have I terrible memory, yeah. but wow. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I played, yeah, I played guitar. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and was taking the church from the days of the hymns to the mm. days of the, you know, the modern. Yeah, modern worship. Modern worship band. <laughs> I, I was one the of the Caleb ones. The Caleb songs. Yes. <laughs> oh, Clinton. I was one of the ones that the older people was like, you, you youngins. <laughs> we like the hymns. <laughs> What's this newfangled stuff you're playing? Those drums? <laughs> drums in church? <laughs> A keyboard? <laughs> Yeah, I was that guy. Yeah. So totally transitioned the transition the church into that. So and yes, nice, youth pastor. Yeah. So really it was a very much a fifty fifty role. Mm-hmm. I did both. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. Um for ten years and then um it, my you know, my pastor kept saying I mean, I was kinda naive, I mm-hmm. think is what's true. Is that mm-hmm. my pastor kept saying so when are you going back to school? And I'm like, going back to school? What are you talking about? Like, I'm just going to keep doing this. I honestly don't know what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> but he said, you really need to consider mm. going to school. Yeah. And he said, and I was really a school guy. Like, mm-hmm. in, in all through school, I mean, like, you know, K-12, mm-hmm. totally a student. Like yeah. just the quintessential student mm-hmm. went to college quintessential student. Mm. Why more schooling wasn't on my radar. I think it just, we weren't pushed that way mm-hmm. in my family, which was wonderful in so many ways. We weren't pushed to be anything other than yeah. who we were and that, you know, achievement and performance was not a big thing in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit different in mine. <laughs> you want to tell us about that, Josh? Oh, yes. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Clinton knows all about it. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. Not, it just wasn't that way. So mm. I didn't even think. Didn't cross your mind. Didn't even cross my mind, yeah. which is so silly because I'm such a student. Mm. And I love the idea of like the passing of knowledge. Yeah. The, the and now you're a teacher. I know it's so weird. <laughs> it's truly bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So I honestly feel like I kind of was like just in a la la land for 10 years mm. doing this thing that I loved and thought was really fun, but did not really have direction. Mm-hmm. I think in my mind, I thought that was going to be my career, mm-hmm. um, which it certainly can be. There are, there mm. are career 
there are people who do this for their career. So mm-hmm. that wasn't like an absurd idea. But when it really comes down to it, it, it wasn't where I was supposed to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, he actually said, Clinton, y- you are a therapist. Mm-hmm. And he just like named it in me. Yeah. And he was very, very good at doing that with people. Um, there were lots of problems in our relationship with each other too, mm-hmm. and a lot of damaging stuff. But the greatest gift he gave me was looking and saying, you are a therapist, Clinton. Mm-hmm. You need to go get your master's in counseling. And I, and I, you know, it's like, seriously, I was so like directionless, which I don't really understand because I'm not a directionless person, mm-hmm. but I was then. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll go do that. And signed up in the master's program, sat in the first class, the first day of the first class, and it was like Psych 101. I was like, mm. what? Yeah. I'm home. Yeah. I swear to God, I actually remember sitting, I can picture myself in class, in that classroom, mm. at that school, with that professor, mm-hmm. learning what we were learning. It was a, it was, it was a therapy. It was a counseling techniques, mm-hmm. you know, counseling theory. And right, a theories class. class yeah. yeah, it was just one of the first classes yeah. to take. And I was like, oh my God, this, this is, is me. Yeah. This is me. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept being that hmm. for, you know, the four-ish years that yeah. I did. That I did that. I stayed and in Continuing on, right? And continuing on. Yeah. It's just, oh. How this special. This is me. Yeah. So that's how I got here. Yeah. That's great. I love how it just fit for you. Right. And you just knew like that. I think that's pretty special. I don't think everybody gets that opportunity always. And, um, I feel that, you know, I feel like it's not the way it is for everybody. I think it's that way for other people, but I don't think it's for sure everybody, but it's, um, it really is kind of a, a gift. And Mm -hmm. the truth is it's not the only thing that I, could do mm. or would be good at or well you're doing all sorts of do. things you got all sorts of aspirations well, and that's true you're gonna be writing some books i mean you already have written a book um a children's, a children's book, book. Yes. but still that's an accomplishment i think it's cute i think it's I cool it. yeah i love it you, but you're planning on writing some books it sounds like you're oh planning for on doing sure. your podcast you're for sure you've taught at back at your alma mater um at densem yeah, for yeah. eleven years I taught graduate yeah. school. So I, did I didn't realize it was that long. Oh yeah. yeah, so I taught for eleven years graduate <laughs> wow. school. Which, yeah, that's it's just so funny how yeah. it all ends mm-hmm. up working together. Mm-hmm. And um, my other love is music. I would mm-hmm. love someday to get really good at. I'm a vocalist. I'd mm. love to get really good at guitar and or mm. piano are you still playing i oh yeah 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 and i play piano wow. but i play by i can read music slowly mm-hmm. and i can play by ear but yeah. i you know I, my dream would be to have enough time at some point um and i feel like i still have a lot of time i hope i do um mm-hmm. i'm 50 so i hope i have you got time i'd like 50 more That's yeah um i would really love to do that yeah and maybe even perform again someday i don't know Mm. i don't know it's not that important to me but just to have a place to play yeah 
even if it's just for myself, but to feel really prolific at it mm. um, would feel really good. Yeah. So I would like to do that. So those are really my areas. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, cure anything that stems from curiosity. So whether it's learning, mm. teaching, training, um, co-creating with clients, what I co-create mm-hmm. with them, um, all of anything in that, you know, co- creating something with music, mm-hmm. anything in that realm of creation, yeah. creativity, um, curiosity. This is just so interesting. I mean, just as much as my listeners are learning about you, I mean, it's just so cool that I still get to learn so much about you, even though I've known you for, gosh, I mean, almost Long time. going on 10 years, yeah, eight years now, I think. Yeah. Um, and I still get to learn so much about it. I, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah. And I get, an that's how relationship is, but you know, if, just, just marveling at it. That's awesome. Yeah. If you're curious enough, people are, um, endlessly knowable. Mm. So that's the really cool thing about relationship is they go on. This is why life long romantic or intimate partnership Mm -hmm. can work Mm -hmm. is that if you, if you do it well, um, in the long arc of the relationship, there's endless knowledge to gain endless things to know. Mm -hmm. But I don't think people see it that way a whole lot. Not as much today. Not Not as as much much. as I would like for them Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So, which is a, a cool transition, I think. Um, would you be willing to speak a little bit about just some of the main areas that you work in? I know relationships is a huge thing. Um, what are some of the big things that you like and enjoy working with and have a lot of experience working in? Yeah, for sure, relationships of all kinds. <clears throat> and the two areas, the two areas that I um, really get into is couples work. Mm-hmm. So the intimate partnership relationship right. and our relationship with our children. Mm, so family, yeah. family relationships family, in yeah. general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I probably have so much to say that you're going to have to stop me. Josh, mm, because no, I have so go. Much to say. I, I mean, want just, it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think if I were going to, start describing what I experience when I think about relationships and I see relationships mm-hmm. um, of all kinds happening in different contexts. I think about how much opportunity is missed and how, and the narratives that we put around the quality of relationships. Mm-hmm. So like when Betsy and I, I didn't, I haven't thought about this in a long time. When Betsy and I were getting married, we've been married about 25 years. Yeah. When we were first getting married, I, we heard everything mm-hmm. from people from the first year's the worst, it'll get better. Um, the first several years are really wonderful, then it gets hard. Wait till you get to dot, dot, dot. Wait till you get to your fifth year. It's going to be really, really hard. Wait till you get to your seventh year. Wait till you have children. Then it gets really, really hard. Wait until you have teenagers. 
It's just always hard, apparently. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it was just so much negativity. Yeah. Now, I admit that I'm an incredibly optimistic person, sure. unapologetically optimistic. Mm-hmm. I don't understand any other way to be because the only thing you control is making things what you want them to be and mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's just not a lot of room for pessimism. Um, people like to say, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I'm like, well, if you want to know what's real, then let's pay attention to what you can create because you can create kind of Mm. a a lot of your reality. You don't Mm -hmm. create it all, but you can either create reality or you can respond to it. And if you do both well, there's no reason to not be optimistic. Mm. So I have, so I admittedly am in, and am, am incredibly optimistic, but I look at, I I hear the way people put narratives around relationships and it's not good. Could you give us some of those examples? I, yeah, I guess I'll capitalize on a couple that Mm -hmm. I've already said. I mean, it's um, having kids is so hard. Parenting is so hard. Wait till your children are toddlers, the terrible twos, Mm, which doesn't really exist. The harder times are three or four. (laughs) The terrible threes. (laughs) That's right. So that's a misnomer anyway. But what a story we put around people. Mm. Oh, Jackson's always been, you know, very hard headed. He's just like me. He's Mm. just that feisty, hard headed guy. And he has an opinion about everything. And the narratives we put around our children. Wait till your children are teenagers. They're going to hate you. Mm, And they're not going to want to spend any time with you. Mm. And you're going to have to get used to that. Um, Wait till they start driving. It's going to just scare the shit out of you. And I mean, it's just negativity after negativity. I notice I pay a lot of attention to the negativity around parenting. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But um, I think I just see it in all arenas. Um, and maybe you, maybe you've noticed this too. I don't know if you have examples, but I see it a lot with parents and children. I see it a lot with mm-hmm. marriage, um, that there's just so, it's such hard work. Yeah. And the way I think about marriage is it's a, and a lot of this is like kind of gay and Katie Hendricks mm-hmm. work around conscious loving. Um, but relationship is a container for transformation and, you can co-create the relationship of your dreams if you want to. If enough of the basics are in place, if you share enough values, mm-hmm. if you have a basic attraction for each other, like a solid basic attraction, if you've got the it factor, then all the rest is co-created. And it's intentionally co-created. Yeah. And so can, so really, when we are missing each other or hitting up against each other, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And that is how we are transformed in relationships. Yeah. So if we're going into relationship thinking we're going to stay the same or that our partner's going to, you know, get better for us mm-hmm. or that we're going to somehow change them or something, we've got the wrong lens. Yeah. It's how am I supposed to be transformed by my partner? What, how are they here to sharpen me in a way that I become the best version of me, the deepest me, the truest me? That to me is what relationship is. What's not wonderful about that? So is relationship work? Yes. Absolutely. But is it hard, grueling work? I guess it could be. 
or it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And yet that does seem to be the primary narrative, right? Yes. And so how do we fix that, right? What, you know, what needs to change? Um, Josh, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, what has to change is people have to start hearing different messages and buying into the different message. There needs to be people speaking mm-hmm. this message that essentially it can be better than that. Yeah. It can be better than you've imagined, which is going to be the name of my podcast is it can be better than that. Mm. It can be better. You than heard that. it here first folks. <laughs> that actually is the first time I've ever said that. Online. Yeah. But no, it's, and I'm not promoing anything. I'm just saying that is actually how I, when yeah. I asked, what do I want to name the podcast? I was thinking, how do you f- just, what do you notice your brain doing? Mm-hmm. And every day I find my brain looking at things and going, you know, it can be better than that. Mm. And I, again, it's not Pollyanna. There's a lot of pain and suffering in right. the world. There's a lot of hard things and it can be better. Mm. Yeah. And even our understanding of suffering can be better because mm. yeah. there's nothing wrong with suffering. Suffering is here to teach us something, I believe. So it can be the way we frame things, the way we look at life, it can be better. Yeah. Which is what it sounds like is your role as a therapist to help them in that process, to help them reframe, to help them hear this new message of it can be better. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 100%. Yeah. So, so I think that people have to hear the message. They need to hear people speaking it. And somehow it has to start somehow grassroots getting in there. But, but what I'm speaking about being better, it's not just these random ideas. It's grounded in our understanding of, of the theory of, of psychology and human emotional mm. and mental health. It's, um, it's how we understand developmentally the growth of a child. When your toddler is, is starting to get more independent and pushing back and throwing tantrums, we look at that and we go, that's a problem. Mm. That is actually not a problem. That is exactly what they are supposed to be doing. When my child pushes back on me, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't work with it. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, hone, hone it, shape it, Mm -hmm. do a lot of modeling, do a lot of conversation, do Mm -hmm. a little bit of correcting, Mm -hmm. not much, but a little bit. bit. Yeah. Shaping, I guess is the way I'm thinking about it. Right. It's not that we don't shape what we're working with, but that's just it. We shape it. It Mm. is not a problem that your toddler is pushing back on you. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Because when a child is born, they are on a dual trajectory from the very beginning. Right. They're on a dual trajectory of wanting to be connected Mm. to a safe harbor, usually their parents, Mm -hmm. and they want to go their own way. And how is that different for us as adults? That we want to be both connected and we want to be able to exert our will and act on life and have life respond to us? Not very different. Not different at all. <laughs> yeah. like, now, children are not young adults. Like Their brain is not developed in the sure. same way. But, sin- but <laughs> adults are a lot like children. Mm. Yeah. You know, so our child's having a temper tantrum. You have tinter ta- temp- temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. I have temper tantrums. They just look different sometimes. 
sometimes they so, look like sometimes they look pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could help people to understand that what they see mm. in their children at all different stages of development, that they can absolutely empathize and 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 relate to every bit of it instead of seeing it as this foreign problem. Yeah. We have forgotten what it's like to be children. Mm. And in, in an intimate partnership, we forget what it's like to be another person. Mm. It's like we pretend that all we know is how to be us. We have capacities way beyond that. We can imagine how to be somebody else. Where's, where does yeah. books and movies come from? The characters mm. we write about. Yeah. They're partial reflections of us, but they're also reflections of other people. Well said. I um, That makes me think of, I was, I was trying to look at it, but... My phone's recording. Um, I so I'm reading this book right now, and there's a quote in there. I don't know if it's a direct quote if they quoted from somebody else, um, but there's a quote there that it's not that art imitates life; it's that life imitates art. Yes, I think that's I've kind heard, of yes. I've yeah, heard that quote before. Yeah, I just think that's so beautiful. I think that's speaking a little bit to what you were saying. I'm just, I'm having to sit with that. Like I've heard that quote before, but I've never mm-hmm. like really thought about like, how is that true? Yeah. yeah. Cause this idea of creating yeah, totally. and this, this curiosity we have That's right. and we have the potential to think bigger, to dream bigger, to create yes, bigger and do. better lives. It can be better. That's right. Right. That's right. We mm. can imagine. Mm. We can imagine. Yeah. And if you can imagine then you can understand what it's like, what it might be like, what it could be like. You can approximate mm. someone else's experience, whether yeah. it's your partner in life or whether it is a friend or whether it is a child. Mm. But we get so wrapped up in ourselves mm-hmm. and what we want. And that's also, it's human. It's, it's human. also incredibly American. Very cultural, very I based versus we based. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. Right. And so, and it's not that we don't all fall into that. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm sitting over, you know, sitting over here saying that I literally live in this space 100% of the time. But I don't mind saying Mm -hmm. I have learned to live in this space a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually interesting. This is actually what I think is a gift of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. What does Clinton do all day? I sit with people in a place where I am regulating myself all the time, mm-hmm. which feels wonderful. Mm. Such so, a huge thing for you and your clients. Yeah. 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 And you as a therapist know you, mm-hmm. I, I am sitting for like f- five to eight hours a day in a regulated space mm. that I'm regulating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But still I'm there. Right. And then I'm co-creating things with my clients we're imagining bigger better deeper truer mm. we're imagining all of that together how beautiful and and i'm learning from my clients yeah because they say things and do things and demonstrate growth and change mm-hmm. that changes me it's like when you Anyone who's taught something, we all know that the best way to learn something is to teach it. Mm -hmm. You think that everything that I talk with my clients about or work with them on or do with them in their body, 
or in their mind or in their emotions you think I don't that doesn't make it more accessible for me to do for myself mm, yeah because I practice it all day long mm. so I do live in that space a lot yeah with my kids and with Betsy yeah well, and that's the beautiful thing is it transfers to every relationship sure right um, and I think it's such an important lesson to learn is you know you can't expect your clients to be regulated. You can't expect your children to be regulated right. if you're not regulated yourself. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. hundred percent. It's such a huge thing. I mean, people, you know, I think of, um, you know, thinking of like the temper tantrums and they're like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how to handle that. Well, are you regulated? Right. I mean, that's the first question I'll ask them. That's right. right. You're 100% right yeah. about that, Josh. I've, yeah. I do the same thing. I, mm-hmm. I say, well, first, your job isn't to try and control your child. Mm-hmm. It's to be regulated yourself. So how about not trying to do anything with your child? But he's yelling and screaming and throwing himself on the floor. So he'll, he'll manage that over time if you'll manage yourself. And I know there's exceptions if they're destroying sure. a house, of course, <laughs> I understand. Yes. You know, if they're running in the road, I get all the extremes, right? But right. for the most part, we over-control mm. and we don't pay enough attention to our modeling. Modeling is the number way we learn. It's mm. the number way our children learn. Yeah. And you hear that all the time, but no one acts like it's really true. Mm. Nobody you, internalizes that. Yeah. 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 If oh, you 100%. want your children to do something you don't need to tell them to do it show Mm. them yeah that's huge show them such a simple basic message that you're right we do hear a lot and yet nobody does it well there's so many things about like that josh like like everyone these days is into breathing well just Mm, breathe well but do you know how many people their their breathing is shit Uh, mine was you remember that (laughs) yeah I do. you that was a huge thing you helped me on right because i mean even even i'm i'm a therapist and obviously not as well trained or as experienced as you are but like you know i've been i've been in this program for a few years now and in this field for a few years now and and yet here i was not not even probably a year ago and i just didn't even know how to breathe i didn't know how to regulate myself yeah such a huge lesson so huge and it's something we hear all the time, mindfulness, right? Meditation, deep breathing. And you know how many of my clients I have to encourage every week? Okay, well, how have your coping skills been going? Well, uh, not not very well. Okay, well, tell me about that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> they don't do it. Like, yeah. And it's just so interesting. It's yeah. so hard for us to just take care of our basics, which I include breathing as one of our basics, oh. those basic physiological needs. It's... Um, there's water. No, there's breathing. Mm-hmm. There's water. There's food. Mm-hmm. Connection. Mm. And in between each of those is breathing. <laughs> so yes. there's breathing. There's More water, breathing. <laughs> there's breathing. There's food. There's breathing. There's connection. There's breathing. Mm. Yeah. You don't live well without breathing mm-hmm. and and really good breathing matters um you hear it all the time but like you said people don't actually for the most part do it now here's where i again do say to people out of humility yeah that i recognize i have a tremendous 
privilege when it comes to breathing sure. because I can sit for five to eight hours a day breathing. Mm breathing well yeah if right. i'm of a mind to i'm sure there's therapists that don't breathe well too mm-hmm. you know but still definitely a skill i'm working on I mean, yeah. it's a it's a process for everybody of course it is right but it that it, that that is interesting to view it as a privilege that's not something i've oh. been grateful for and have have looked at it in that perspective so you're you're totally right it is a privilege i think of first responders right yes oh that is just not something that they often are able to sit with that's and right. be conscious of and that's right. So if I'm telling a client, you know, I, what I can't say to a client would be totally unfair is, look, you just got to breathe and you just <laughs> got to figure that out. It. I yeah. can do it all day long. Why can't you? Right. And it's like, no, that is not fair. Mm-hmm. I have a space carved out for that every day. So I recognize mm-hmm. that. But I also am aware that people can get really good at it if they want to. Yeah. Um, but it it changes you mm-hmm. from the inside out. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell I'm passionate about how so many things can be, you know, yeah. done better. The narratives we put over ourselves, mm-hmm. over life, over our children, over relationships, over the quality of things tends to not set us up for what we're really wanting. Mm. Yeah. That's huge. I think it's great work you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> it's what I love. Yeah. yeah. It's what I love. Yeah. Well, I wanted to spend, I know we don't have too much time left. Um, I wanted to spend a little bit of time, if you're open to it, and just process a little bit what our relationship has been like over the years. I think it's just been so unique when I describe it to other people. And it's it's one of those things where I almost feel, I almost have to like catch myself and like, it, it's... <laughs> It's hard for me to explain sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, my relationship with my counselor is just different, right? It just is, we're different, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but it is, it does feel unique in, in a way where you've known me for such a long time, yeah. right? Um, and our relationship, the, the roles, which we've definitely had to be careful about entering into different roles and like sure. seeing how things have changed. But like, you know, for a while I was as a client, that's how it was initially. I was a client of yours. Yep. Then we transferred into more of like a mentorship. That's right. More of like a, Oh my gosh, like now I want to do counseling. So now I'm shadowing you at your classes and asking you questions here and there. And then transferring back into this client role the past several years. Yeah. Um, and while maintaining this mentorship role at the same, it just, it feels very relational more so than clinical, which I've always appreciated. But, um, I'd just be curious to, to hear your insights into what it's been like to have me as a client for so long and to see the, that relationship change. And it just, if I feel it's, it's emotional in a way because it feels very full circle, right? With graduation tomorrow, we're recording this the day before I graduate from my master's program. No yeah. joke. Yeah. Congratulations. I Thank knew you were, yeah. I knew you were graduating, but I didn't yeah. know it was tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I'll send you the link, but (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah. So just if this whole process just feels very full circle where you were very much an inspiration for me to become a counselor, you played such a huge role, both in that professional sense and obviously in the personal development. Um, And it's just been, it's been, I have thoughts on it. I just wanted to open it up to see if you have, I know it's a very broad question, but I don't mind at all. Yeah. It's um, like, I feel with so much of my work, it's a, honor 
Mm -hmm. it's a privilege and it is really neat to see the full circle aspect Mm -hmm. of that um having known you since you were a teenager were you like were you like 16 gosh well so i was a sophomore in high school um Mm -hmm. so yeah i had just turned 16 16. because i I saw you in that fall was around the time yeah so um in this way uh, the part, the full circle part um, is unique with you because you've become a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of knowing people for a really long time and seeing them through a broad sweep of mm-hmm. their developmental years or, or different developmental stages is actually a privilege that I have had a lot in my work. So many of my mm. clients I see off and on, like sure. you, you know, see sure. off and on um, over the course of many, many, yeah. many years. And so it's my favorite thing is yeah. being able to walk with people for the long term, you know, and you said it feels more, did you say more relational versus clinical? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But that's what I try for with everybody right. is I want it to be right. relational and not clinical because mm-hmm. I think that it's a relationship largely that changes. Yeah. Us, which, which I didn't mean to make us. it sound like that. It has to be either or I think what's been difficult for me in my current internship where I'm working with insurance. Right. And so that requires, you know, diagnosis oh, yeah. on yeah, the yeah, intake yeah. session. Um, yeah. It requires all sorts of documentation, all sorts of hoops to jump through and, you know, working with you, working my new role, as yet to yeah, be disclosed. Can, mm, yeah. Like, congrats, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't released it yet. Um, okay, got it. Because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but sure. um surprised to be coming soon, folks. Uh but but moving more into private practice without insurance, which is 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 just so conflicting in some ways, in the sense of like it, it limits obviously some people. Um but it just makes us so much more relational, I feel like, which I think is huge in, in this counseling process. And so that's something I've always appreciated is it's never felt like, okay, Clinton's like, okay, let's do a Bex assessment this week and we're going to do it every week from now and we're going to follow this really rigid treatment plan and we're going to, you know, it's just it just felt so much more natural, so much more flowy. Um, yep. And I understand the need for a lot of that um, outcome-based, a lot of the outcome-based approaches. I I understand it, at least in theory. But in large part, I think there's clinicians who do it really well. They, like, make Mm -hmm. that even so relational that it doesn't feel like it gets Mm -hmm. in the way. But, man, I'll tell you, I I don't think it's the freest Mm. form of therapy and counseling. Mm-hmm. I just don't. It's and relationships that change people. It is. It's, uh, we all know if, well, we don't all know, but um, for those who don't know, if you look at all the different things that go into the way people change, whether mm-hmm. it's your theory base or the modalities that you're using mm-hmm. or the particular skills that you are teaching, um, 
all the different things that can lead to change the one that has the most impact and it's it's substantially greater than mm-hmm. all the others is the therapeutic bond yeah the therapeutic it always comes back cha- to that that's been shown in research over and yeah. over and over again it's not that the other things aren't important but right. it's that um this is the most important this is the most important yeah. and so that's yeah um, and this is a freer, the type mm-hmm. of therapy and counseling I get to do in the context in mm-hmm. which I do it with the population I work with. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly free. It's incredibly creative. It's incredibly, um, uh, it's so life giving and satisfying mm-hmm. because there's a lot of movement mm-hmm. made. There's a lot of change that happens. Oh, so yeah. I get to witness yeah. so much change. It's amazing. So with you, one of the coolest things is just to have literally seen you in this becoming process, becoming more and more who you are. You're Mm. still the Josh that I knew 10 years ago. Um, In so many ways, the you that you call you is still there. Mm. But there's just been so much development and deepening and growing and expanding. But the essential you is still there. Now that is a cool experience to see the thread of the essential you that has always been and always will be Mm -hmm. no matter what else you're adding to it and expanding and growing in. Yeah. The you that you call you is here now as much as it was Mm -hmm. there then. And I get to see that in a way that I'd have to do an exercise with you to get you to see that. (laughs) Sure. But I have one. Right. Oh, I know. I know you do. Um, You know, the only, the, the big reason I ask for, for some of that is just not as an ego boost, not as like, Oh, it's just talk Josh up or anything. But like, it's, I wanted to be able to speak to the therapeutic relationship. And I feel like you were the best person, obviously for us to do that in, in this episode. Yeah. Um, You know, because obviously not every therapist is, going to be a good fit for you right not every therapist is a great therapist is you know the very far and few i would hope um but there are some right and some some therapists are just phoning it in right they really are they're just phoning it in yeah i don't know how many it is but it exists for sure just because i hear yeah you you hear it and that's the thing is i hear i get clients coming in and they have these bad experiences with their past counselors not not very often. More often, it's just oh, we just didn't click well. Yeah, right? we didn't have that therapeutic relationship. Yeah, for sure. And I just I really wanted to stress that because you know just really hitting as I've been repeatedly telling my listeners over the past couple of weeks is the, these next few episodes, these last couple I've had um, are all these different mentors I've had in my life. You, Zach Krieger, um, my outdoor leadership professor, Derek Brandstrom, hopefully going to get Demos, one of my psych professors in here pretty soon. Um, fingers crossed, but, um, and just talking about the importance of mentorship, the importance of having this relational connection of somebody who can speak life into you, of somebody who is not better than you, somebody who, who doesn't know better than you per se, but at the same time, somebody who knows better than you and can some, speak life Absolutely. into you that that maybe you just aren't recognizing. And I think that is just something we all need, whether we want to admit it or not. Mm. doesn't mean it has to be counseling, but we all need that presence in our life. Yes. Right. And it's such a privilege mm. 
to be able to be that person. And it is one that needs to be held mm-hmm. um, with, with great care, neither backing down from the power and responsibility um, nor overreaching with it, with mm-hmm. that power and responsibility. It's a, it's a delicate balance that you, it is true that a, a lot of counselors are trained to say that the client knows best for themselves. And that's not true. Um, <laughs> I mean, in a sense, a client a knows sense. themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be the source of their own information, but it's not true that they always know best. They're coming to you for help and yeah. guidance. Um, but mm, you better, well said. Yeah. you better hold that power and influence you have. You better hold it with a great deal, deal of honor and respect and integrity and care. Yeah. And care. And when you do that, it becomes a partnership. You actually mm-hmm. co-create with your client. Yeah. So you and I have co-created yeah. over time. I just think it's so beautiful. I just, I hear too many, I guess is maybe the right way of saying it. Too many people coming in who come from just broken experiences with therapy, broken experiences with parents, broken experiences with any sort of mentor role or authority figure. And it's just so we need to have those people in our lives. And so I guess that's why what I was really looking for is just to drive this point home of we need this mentorship. We do. We need some sort of person in our life. And so if you don't have that, seek it out. Yeah. It sucks that you have to, but you might have to take that role to seek it out yourself. Um, That's right. And therapy is a great option. It is. Parent, coach, teacher, youth pastor, therapist. Find somebody. Mm. Because it's only going to change you for the better. Yeah. And we need that change. And we need that ongoing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. as you... Sometimes as you get older, it's the role shifts, it, the roles shift. Not always. Um, sure. it depends, but like, Oh, I learned from Whitney every single day. I think she'd say the same, um, in reverse. My, one of my great, great friends, deep friends, um, Julia mm-hmm. and I, she's been one of my greatest teachers. We're really friends and, you know, equals, but we're, well, you know how I mean that, but, um, I've, she has been such a life teacher to me. Um, my friend Jamie is a life teacher and my clients are life teachers. Um, so we need that always. Yeah. We need that always. Betsy's a teacher of mine. Mm-hmm. My, and my children are great teachers. Yeah. And I mean that if you're going to learn from somebody, learn from your children mm-hmm. and they, yeah. they feel that they feel when you are learning from them. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, cause children see things that we've forgotten. Mm. They have something to give for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, Clinton, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This thank you really for fun. your time. 
I feel like there's just so much more I could ask you and talk about. And we could just do this like, like always. Oh, Josh, I can, <laughs> you have to shut me up. I can talk mm-hmm. all day yep. long. I don't know why, but I'm verbose. Yeah, that's for sure. You, uh, that's just you. That's Clinton. It is. Clinton, everybody. <laughs> it is. Thank you. You're so welcome. Really appreciate it. You're so welcome. All right. I really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you.